going on? Welcome back to our podcast. Cover- Conversations <laughs> with the Covingtons. <laughs> wow, I'm so good at this. I'm your, I'm your co-host, Mo. And I'm your host, <laughs> Carolyn. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Um, ooh, I'm so excited for today because Mo is kind of going to be the main talker. That's scary. You sure no. you want me to be the main talker? <laughs> I do because I feel like I'm usually the one hogging the mic. Well, you like so to talk. I'm just going to step back, relax, and listen to you talk about burr. Burr. I'm going to be talking about the burr strategy. I mentioned that in a episode earlier on, and I did get some questions about that from friends. They said, Mo, I want to know more about this burr. Can you talk more about it yeah. on the podcast? So I'm going to talk in depthly as I can about it. Um, there's not too much I can go in depth about, but I'll do my best. <laughs> is it more like you learn from experience? The strategy, the strategy itself is pretty much what it is. Um, it's like a, a numbers game and mm-hmm. I'll talk more about it. But as you get more into doing it, you do learn by experience. You kind of understand which homes may work better than others, what areas may work better for those homes. Um, and then also you kind of realize what banks and then what hard money lenders may be more um, uh, advantageous for you to use as opposed to financing a deal yourself. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, can't wait to get into it. Yeah. This little girly is looking at me. That's my dog voice. (laughs) (laughs) Because my little girly, Florence Terracotta Covington. She's annoying. Is looking at me. And I love her so much. But I do just have to say, I hate having to give her a bath. It's like pure torture for me. But look how she's staring at you right now. It's such a hard chore and giving her a bath is my job and she's stinky right now and I don't want to do it. Oh, you have to. I'm sorry. I know. I might do it after (laughs) this. She just is, she hates the water and she has so much fur. But how is she stinky? She's like, she hates to be outside. She loves to be inside in our bed. We will be outside on the, on the porch and she like tries to like go in the house. Mm -hmm. We're like, um... Why do you want to go in the house? Like, be outside. You're a dog. Like, go sniff. She's a human the grass. dog. Like, she literally thinks she's a human. Go chase a squirrel. Go, Flo. <gasps> Sit down. My little girly, want to go for a walk? Don't say that. Oh, shh. Okay. Anyway, okay, why'd you say sh- that? I don't know. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Anyway, how are you doing now. today, Carla? <laughs> I actually am going to take her for a walk later. Um, I'm good. I'm good. She Thank messed you. with my headphones. How yeah. are you? Doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, just ready to get this podcast going. Okay, let's let's go ahead and dive in. Let's have a conversation. Let's do it. Okay, so the Burr method, B R R R R R R R R R R. Essentially, that's what it stands how many for. it is. <laughs> no, it's four R. So Burr stands for. <laughs> I'm like what? Buy, be buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Okay, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So essentially, and we just did that. We did. And why the Burr method is so, so, so popular is because it allows you to get into deals, um, essentially, sometimes using not even your own money, um, pull that money back out the deal after you rehab, plus some in a lot of cases, and then use that money to do the same thing all over again. 
you know, and with that, you're building like equity and you're building your rental portfolio. So this is why it's so popular. So let's break this down. Burr, we're doing this right now. Essentially, when you buy a home, you want to buy a home way below market value. You want to buy a distressed home, a home that needs some updates, some repairs. Um, you also want to get it at a good, a good price. You know, you don't want to buy a home at market value because this strategy will, will not work at all. Um, so essentially, you want to buy a home and you want the home plus the rehab cost to combine be 70 percent of what the ARV is of the home. Assessed rate. 70 percent. No. What's the ARV? After renovation value. <laughs> <laughs> OK. So you want it to total be 70 percent of the ARV. So to put this into layman terms, um, let's say we bought, say, let's say we got a house for, that was on the market for $70,000. Okay. Um, let's say that home was worth a hundred thousand after rehab value. We would, we would want to purchase that home at least at, then let's say that house needs at least $20,000 worth of work. That's obviously not a good investment. No, but if we got that house at 50 grand, or 45 grand and put that 20 grand into work into that home. And, it, and then, so we're into it for 70 grand. Then we're right there at that 70% ARV value. And that's where we want to be mm-hmm. or lower. I mean, ideally we would like to be a lot lower than yeah. that. Okay. And that's how you're able to get your money back because a lot of these banks, when you go to refinance the home, they will give you between 70 to 75% of the home's value back in cash, mm. back in cash. So if you're into the deal for 70%, great. You get all you get all that money back and you can take that money, keep the property and go buy another home. Mm-hmm. If you're in for less than that than that money for six so say you spent, I mean you put like you're you're around 60 to 65 ARV, then you're going to get all the money you put in and some back on top of what you put in cuz you so you actually made money on that home purchase. And then you take that money, well you rent it out, get a tenant in there paying paying the rent. You take the um the net income from that property for yourself. And then you take the money that you made on the property on the refinance and go and go and do another property. Love it. Do you understand? I do. I get the process, but I feel like I want to know, and I'm sure other people want to know too, like a little bit more specifics. So like the buying process. Mm -hmm. So say you are looking for a house to flip to -hmm. do this with. What are you looking for? How do you know what what it should be worth? How do you know how much money you're going to have to put into it? What should you do for the renovations? When is it not a good buy? Like, is there such you, thing as a too distressed home? Yeah. Like, well, there there is such thing as a too distressed home, especially if you're not um, if you don't have any experience. Yeah, I, I feel like the homes that um, really need a lot of work are for people who have been doing this for a long time and know exactly what they're doing. Um, I wouldn't advise a rookie to get into a, a flip when their home is like it needs like everything foundation work. It needs like plumbing. It needs electrical. I just wouldn't advise that because you don't know. And those costs can really get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, what you're looking for when you're trying to find these homes, I mean, you can do this just by driving down the street. You're looking at homes that ha- are. Um, maybe like the grass has been overgrown. Um, there's a few windows broken out. Um, you know, this, it seems to be nobody like in those homes at all. Like you can tell these homes like just are in disrepair and need help. Typically the the owners of these homes would sell these homes for you to you for pretty much nothing essentially 
for nothing. Yeah. So those are the kind of homes you want to kind of look for. I will say, though, because I feel like, like, say you're just a normal person who doesn't really know that much about real estate like me, but you want to try to flip a home. Like when you go and you think you found one, you really need to pay attention to like the bones of the house, like like the big ticket items and make sure those are all fine at least because you don't want to surprise have to spend 30 grand to get new plumbing and new roof and all this stuff. Yeah, well, that's what that's why an inspection comes into play. So, you know, because sometimes you can't see a lot of that stuff. I know, but there's some stuff that you can have an idea about. You need to always prepare to spend more than what you think you're going to spend. But so also if your budget like, is 30, you know, imagine it being 40. Just, just plan on that. 40 but or also the thing you did when you were looking for our first flip house is you brought your investor friend or your friend who flips homes like for a living basically who's done a lot of them and you had him walk through and think like hey like do you think this is like a smart move so if you have someone like that that can also kind of just like guide you that's helpful because it is hard to just take the risk and go in blindly like that's very helpful but you don't don't forget i i spent a couple thousand dollars taking a real estate course to understand investing i did during covid I spent some more money to get my real estate license to get involved in real estate and be around it every day. So I did that for a year and I worked with an investor. I'm and talking then, about then, yeah, I'm saying other ran, like normal people. A normal person should invest time into learning about this before they just jump in. Either they should pay for a program, they should get a mentor who can show them the ropes, they should work alongside another investor, or they should just study up and yeah, just learn. I'm just Watch thinking of all videos. those people yeah. from Flipping 101, like, not to be rude, but they all, like, don't know anything. Well, they make it seem like they don't know that show, but some of those people and are... And then they have Tarek, who's their mentor. But some of those people are, like, um, contractors, so they know about real estate. They're they're realtors, so they know about real estate. But they just, they've never been in, on the investment Maybe side Maybe the show just makes them look dumb. The investment side is just so, so different. So different. So... Uh, to get back into it, another thing you want to make sure you do is you want to know your market. You want to know how much homes are selling for. And if you don't have a realtor, the easy way to do this is to go on Zillow, go on realtor.com and see how much homes are selling for um, in your area or in like my first investment was out of the st- out of state. Mm-hmm. And I, I invested out of state was because I was scared to lose a lot of money. And there's other markets that are like in the Midwest that are very, like much more affordable yeah, and everywhere I felt, is different. Yeah, everywhere is different. But I invested out of state because it was much more affordable to me as a rookie getting into it. And I knew if I would have messed up that deal, I wouldn't have lost too much. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I did there before I jumped into our market here in Virginia, which we know is much, much, much more expensive. So, well, yeah. Well, we also talked about the rehab process already on our flipping a house yeah, podcast. We did talk about that. We And then what's the next one? Refinance. Can you explain, because I remember when I didn't know what a cash out refinance was. So essentially, um, what you can do after the rehab has been done. Oh, and and explain why you do it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I thought I talked about that earlier, but I'll explain again. After the rehab has been done, or after you have gotten a tenant in the property to rent it out, you can essentially go to a hard money lender, um, a local bank in your area, um, and you can refinance the home. Okay. And because you've improved the, and because you've gotten the home for under 70% or lower of the ARV, you have a nice amount of cushion in that home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
What do, what do I mean when I say cushion? What? Equity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm I sorry, know. guys. She's just playing with Florence and not paying <laughs> no, any money. I am, no, though. I'm no. listening. Okay. I'm not on my phone or anything. So you have equity in the How deal. How am I supposed to know what you mean by cushion? Cushion. I was about to say, like, money, but... No, whatever. equity. You have some equity in the deal. Okay, okay. So the bank will give you that money up to a certain amount, up to probably, I think, 80 to 85% the most you can go. Typically, it's between the 70 to 75% range. But they will give you that money back and then give you a mortgage on the home for the rest of the balance, essentially. Hmm. And like I and then if you go to sell it, you still get the rest of that, what it's worth. You get the equity back. The and plus any appreciation, that, appreciation that's happened in the meantime. Which is awesome. It is. It is. So, and sometimes, I mean, and sometimes you get into deals where you might not get any money back or you might have put $10,000 into the deal when it's all said and done. And there's nothing wrong with that because to get into a deal with only putting 10 grand in, that's amazing in itself. And you're getting returned from your, from your tenant. I mean, that's just a great investment in itself. Yeah. I mean, homes appreciate over time, especially in a market like Virginia. Um, some markets are more cash flow heavy. That's where I went initially in my first investment, like a Detroit or mm-hmm. Chicago. Um, those areas are very cash flow heavy. But areas like we're in can be both. They can be you can you can get a lot of appreciation from year to year, and you can also get some pretty good rents here because we're close to DC. We're on the East Coast. We're in mm-hmm. a good we're in a good area. Um, so I'm hoping I'm, I'm explaining this kind of correctly. I am explaining it correctly, but I'm hoping you guys understand what I'm saying. Burr, buy, rehab, refinance. Rent. Rent, refinance, repeat. Yeah. Oh, rent is the next one. So here would be my other question is because we've you've now done two rentals. You did your Detroit one and then the one here, and you did them both a little differently because you went through a property manager in Detroit and here you essentially like are managing the property. So what I mean, you'd probably recommend getting a property manager. For most people, correct? No. Um, so the reason why I went through a property manager in Detroit is because I don't live in Detroit. And it's mm-hmm. almost impossible for me to manage a property in Detroit when I'm in Virginia. Yeah. So I needed to have a property manager. I also bought that property turnkey. And what that means is essentially um, the property management um, group I bought it from, they went out into the city. They rehabbed that home. They put a tenant in there and then they sold that home to an investor like me. So I inherited a home with a tenant in it and with cash flow on on top. So that was like an easy way for me to kind of get into the real estate game. Gotcha. This time around, we did everything ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We bought the home with cash. We had a private money investor who helped us out and we we bought the money we bought the property cash. We um rehabbed it, went over budget about 15, 20 grand, <laughs> but we rehabbed mm. it. Um and then we got it rented out. And we talked about this before for twenty four hundred a month, and then we refinanced it, right? And mm-hmm. we took that money, and we're doing what? Repeating the process right now. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> we're repeating the process Here we right go. now. Um, we so were, yeah, we were just over at the new flip house mm-hmm. today, and Mo put his foot through the wall. Oh yeah, if you guys want to, oh you probably won't be able to see it now because by the time this podcast comes out, yeah, it'll be gone. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I, I Carolyn, so Carolyn, this is funny, guys. So when we did the first flip house, Carolyn went and bought a hard hat. She bought some goggles. She bought no, like, I didn't buy a goggles. tool belt. I mean, well, she just bought all this stuff. Like she wanted to take a hammer. Like I don't know. No, <laughs> like, I already first of all, I already had a pink. Tool, okay. Okay, you bought a helmet and a tool belt. Yeah. 
Because I wanted like a cute photo Picture. of me like slashing a wall. Yeah, so we talked about I maybe didn't doing know something. That's, I didn't know we were going to do that today. We talked about maybe like... I would have brought my stuff. Well, we talked about doing it this weekend, but the weekend got away from us. But it was funny because she's, you know, you see it on TV how, you know, when he's on these house flipping shows, the first thing they do is like smash a cabinet or smash a hole in the wall or kick a hole in the wall. So I thought Carolyn wanted to do it. Tony said, she, our, our, our um, contractor said she can definitely do it, but she didn't want to. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I just took my foot with my Yeezys on. I had my black Yeezys on and I kicked the hole right through the wall. <laughs> it's kind of liberating. It was fun. Yeah, but your shoe like literally came off in your sock. I know. That was kind of dangerous. <laughs> I too. know. I was scared. Yeah. I just thought you were going to lose your foot. No, I didn't. Thank God. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're repeating the process. We're repeating the process. This one's a little more intense. I like, it's a little more intense, but, but I also I like this one. not too bad, though. Well, this one, we're, we are like taking down a wall. We're adding yeah. a bathroom. We're adding more structure to the mm-hmm. house. So we do have to get permits this time. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a little bit more intense, but nothing too crazy. Like inspection came back great. So The home is in good shape. It was built in the 1970s. Um, the foundation looks really well. It's a cute little house. You call it like a little grandma house, but... Three it bedrooms. used to look like a grand house. <laughs> it will look really cute. When it is. Done. It is. We're going to be doing a lot to this one. Um, and you can kind of follow our Instagrams for updates on this. But we're going to be painting the exterior. We're doing a lot of landscape work. Like Carolyn said, we're taking down a wall to open up the kitchen, dining room, into the living room. Um, and then we're adding a bathroom and a bedroom and a basement. So we're doing a lot to add value bedroom. to this home. Essentially, the, the extra space there is going to be like a bedroom. Yeah. But we're not framing it out, really. That's what we're talking about right now. It's from Tex and Tony about. Remember Should we, we said just frame, just frame it all out. Too? Yeah, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to kind of thinking thinking cost right now because I don't want to go over budget because actually, guys, we got we're doing a hard money loan, and the bank is actually paying for our renovation budget, and our, which paying for our renovations and our budget is sixty nine thousand dollars, right? But I have to kick it out out of pocket first before, and then they send an inspector out to make sure that work is getting done, and which then they reimburse so me, annoying. which is annoying. But I got to make sure we stick to a budget because I do not want to come out of pocket for this one like I did the last one. <laughs> no. So, yeah, it depends on the cost. But, yeah, we're definitely going to put a bathroom downstairs for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. We're in a great area. We're in an area called Crozet, which is just a beautiful area surrounded by mountains. Um, it's like a minute walk from the city. It's near all these up-and-coming new neighborhoods. It's in a great area. It's a cute house. I think it's going to really resell for um, a great value. Um, or we can maybe just decide to rent it out um, and have a couple tenants in there, too. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's exciting. I'm mm-hmm. excited about this one. Yay. How do you feel about it? I'm excited as well. I do just get a little anxious about stuff like this. But you're the professional, so you, I feel like, are just so- more confident in the process but when we're just dealing with so much money and like we did invest a lot of our own money on the last one it just gives me anxiety because i'm like it has to succeed so this is the thing with real estate and this is i mean this is i guess this could be my takeaway it's not a quick game you have to be patient it's a patience game okay sometimes you think it's going to work out a certain way and it doesn't but if you just hold tight and stay the course it will pay off in the long run because it's a hard asset it's always appreciating. It's always turning cash flow. If you have a tenant in there, yeah. it'll work out in the long run. It, you can't rush this process because some things are just out of your control. That's, That's true. the only thing. That's so you have to remember. You got to remember, just be patient. I mean, you might expect it to take two months and it takes five. You just have to mm-hmm. be patient with it. And we've learned. And I, the reason why I'm so confident is because I've been through it now. I've seen it. 
with my last house, I had to go deal with all those issues with that tenant. But I got all my money back. I ended up selling the house. Didn't sell as quick as I wanted to, but I sold it for 30 grand over, well, not 30 grand, but 15 grand over asking, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's just, you know, you just got to be patient. But you also still out. do want things to move you quickly do, if you, you can gotta, help it. If you have control over it, you should be the one moving things along. You do. But you, I mean, you know, and I, I, I mentioned this too on other episodes. I listen to podcasts. I read up on real estate stuff all the time. I listen to people with a lot more experience than me. And you just have to be patient. You, I mean, yes, you want things to move quickly, but you just can't expect them to. You just have to be patient. And when they do move quickly, be surprised and be happy and just roll with it. And, you know, it is what it is. But if they don't, it's fine. It's real estate. I mean, it's going to be around. It's not going anywhere. People need somewhere to live. People need to buy a house. People need to live in a house, need to rent it, whatever it is. It's not going anywhere. And it's always appreciating. It's always going up in value at the end yeah. of the day. So um, it's not a bad place to park money, essentially, is what I'm trying to say to you. Well, good. Good. So, Burr, buy. Tell me what it is. Buy, rehab, Mm -hmm. refinance, rent, repeat. 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 And when you're doing this. um, Or sell. Or sell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're doing this, when you're buying, you want to make sure you're buying right. So, again, I want to emphasize, you want to be purchasing the property at a price that's that price plus the rehab cost you want the, those numbers to be 70% or less of the ARV, which is the after renovation value, okay? 70% or less. And if you do that, you always be in good shape. Great. All right. You got any takeaways for today? I do. My okay. takeaway today is about Rosé because last week there was, you know, the magazine Real Simple. So they posted this really just dumb bad photo um on their instagram and it said wine pro tip always buy the rosé that's the lightest in color and the wine community on instagram freaked out because if you know wine you know that that is so not true Mm -hmm. um it's it's just like saying like i don't know it's like saying like dark like purple wines are sweet or like, you know, a rich gold wine is oaky. Like, it's just like, that's just, you can't tell what a wine tastes like just by looking at it. Mm -hmm. You can tell maybe what the grape variety was or how it was made sort of, but I think they were trying to say like light, light in color, pale roses are going to be like drier, crisper. Um, is I think is what they were trying to say. Now, all of the the rave lately has been like that Provence style rosé, right? From France, really light, fruity, crisp, dry, which are great. But there's so many great dark colored rosés. Some of my favorite, Sangiovese rosés, Rosato from Italy, Rosato from Spain. Um, So if you ever see a dark rosé, it doesn't mean it's going to be sweet. It doesn't mean it's going to be tannic or... You know, it's just, just don't judge a rosé by its color. There's so many great dark ones out there. Um, so, yeah, don't. That's always, a great tip because. Don't always choose the rosé lightest in color. Especially here in Virginia. I mean, I would think uh, the lighter color rosé tastes a little better than the darker one. But just, having traveled and been with you, I know better than. Right. It like just that. depends. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, maybe sometimes the darker rosé will be a little sweet, mm-hmm. you know, but. Not always. You can't just generalize. So 
don't be afraid to try dark colored rosés. Um, that's my tip. Awesome. Well, that concludes our show, guys. Alrighty. Well, this was really informative. I hope so. So informative. I hate listening to myself talk. Loved it. <laughs> wow. Good job, Mo. All right, baby. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you I'm next gonna time. I'm going to go give Flo a bath. All righty. Bye. Bye.